Thanks to our staff working with the kids and Nita and all her good work. It's really awesome. Thank you, bro. Appreciate it very much. Yeah, glory to God. You know, oftentimes people will ask me, and I'm Pastor Mike, by the way, we've pastored here at Summit. People will ask me if we're looking for a building. And I was assessing our, our needs uh, when you consider do, do we need a building. I'm so glad that we need to meet like this because obviously we have unlimited space for worship and, and even the possibility of, of multi-services. But when you think about our kids' department, that they need classrooms and they need, they need people to work with them. So space and volunteers are really the biggest needs that we have. But what a huge privilege. And uh, God's prompting you to be involved in kids' ministry, talk to them. But on your way out, be sure to thank them for all that they do each week and all that good work. Let's give glory to God again for all Good deal. How's everybody doing today? Are you doing good? Yeah, hanging in there, holding in there through the Christmas season? It's been a great, great season. Uh, it's been a great season for the church and all, too. I'm going to get right to our, our teaching today. Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. The Christ Mass. Uh, we had somebody ask us this week, what time is Mass at your church? <laughs> And I'm equally intrigued when people ask me, when are your services? When are your services? It's always plural, as, as if we're doing some mighty thing for God when we show up, maybe, to church. I don't know. The word services as a, as a, as a, a plural. But maybe we're looking for multiple op opportunities for service. But the Christ Mass, it's, it's a celebration. That's really what Mass is all about. The celebration of the Advent. The Advent, the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So when you hear that cliche, Jesus is the reason for the season, that really puts it together really well for us. And I realize there's great debate as to when actually Christ was born. We celebrated here December 25th. Well, we don't know exactly when. There's, there's a lot of good discussion about that. But rest assured, Jesus came. Jesus was Born in a barn. I asked someone this week if they were born in a barn. He had no clue what that meant. Drafty old barn, born in a barn, placed in a manger on that Christmas night. The historical record tells us these kind of things. God really was the Father and is the Father. Virgin Mary, really the mother. Joseph, Mary's fiance at this point and in a very real sense, a, serving as a stepdad to Jesus Christ. Christmas, the celebration of God humbling himself, taking on the nature of a servant, in order to put himself at the mercy of his own creation, doing it for a specific reason, to become a sacrifice to pay the sin and the penalty for our sin. He took upon himself the penalty that we deserve. He took our sins upon himself, identifying with them, and then he carried them to the cross so that we can have confidence that God has made a way for us to live with him forever. That is the truth. That is God's word. So last week, we looked at the announcement of the coming of John the Baptist. John the Baptist, according to prophecies, and prophecies fulfilled through his life, was the one to prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. People get ready. Jesus is coming. Repent. Turn around and turn your hearts. Be made right. Be made right with God. 
Today, we want to look at the announcement of Jesus Christ. So last week had to do with Elizabeth. This week, it has to do with the Virgin Mary. Next week, we're going to bring the two of them together because I believe God has some really valuable uh, stuff for us. Before we get into the text, it's interesting to point out that Luke gives us a, a really beautiful opportunity to do some comparing and contrasting between Jesus and John. For example, both pregnancies were announced in advance by the angel Gabriel. For example, both births were of an unusual and miraculous nature. For example, the angel told both sets of parents what they would name their sons in advance. But probably more important than, than the similarities are the differences, and we need to consider those as well. John was born to a very aged and sterile woman. Jesus was born to a very young virgin. John is a name that means God is gracious. Jesus is a name that means Savior. John was to prepare the way for the Lord. Jesus is the Lord. He is the Lord, whether you're willing to surrender to that or not. And that's always the question. Will you acknowledge him for who he is? And if he is who he says he is, then what are the ramifications of that on your life? Jesus is the Lord who will reign forever. Jesus wants, or, or Luke, excuse me, wants to be very clear so that there's no doubt that, one, God is definitely involved in both of these births, but two, Jesus is greater than John. John himself said that he was unworthy to even considering, consider untying the, the laces of John's sandals. Gabriel specifically said that Jesus would be great and be called the Son of the Most High, and that he would be given the throne of his father David, and he would reign forever. So I want to get into our text, but there's a couple of things that need to be highlighted because I want them to jump off the page as we, as we read the scripture. The first one is in verse 20, when the angel greets Mary, her initial response is one of, of awkwardness. It says, she was greatly troubled and wondered what kind of greeting this could be. Is this good news or is this bad news? Why are you here? Okay, so notice that, verse 20. Then in verse 34, Mary asks the question, how will this be? And just this week, someone said, okay, so Zachariah said, how can we be sure of this? And God took his voice away because of his doubt. Mary asked her, how will this be? Isn't she doubting? No, she's curious how this can possibly happen. However, those words that, that translate how, uh, how will this be, that's, that's the NIV. If you look at an older version of the Bible, it says, how can this be? It kind of gives the idea of a sense of shock or panic. How, how, how can this be? I haven't done anything. Is this really possible sort of a, a thing? So hold on to those, and now we come to our text, starting with verse 26. Notice there that Elizabeth is now six months along in her pregnancy when God sends the same angel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, verse 27, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are, what are those next two words? 
Highly favored. You see those? Okay, that's once. Hi, Mary, you're highly favored. Yeah, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this must be. Good surprise? God surprised? But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found, what's that word? Favor, second time. Favor, 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 favor. Walking in God's favor. That's really the story of Christmas. God's favor extended to anyone who will receive it. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? How can this be? Mary wanted to know. She asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel said, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Verse 36. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. And then just notice this next glorious statement. So wonderful. For no word from God will ever fail. Did you hear it? For no word from God will ever fail. Can you say it with me? For no word from God will ever fail. Let's try it again. For no word from God will ever fail. Absolutely. Then Mary's response. Notice, one, I am the Lord's servant. Two, may your word to me be fulfilled. So Mary's at peace. She surrendered here. And then three, the angel left. What? 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 The angel left? Hold on, Mr. Angel. You can't just walk out the door now. We've got some explaining to do, huh? We've got to go talk to my mother about this and my dad. We've got to talk about my fiance about this. No, he walks. Makes you want to shoot the messenger. Hold on, Mr. Angel. History tells us that it's never a good idea to be the one to bring bad news to a king. He just might have you executed. Right? Kings want to live sometimes in a phony facade that everything's okay. They don't want to hear about possible threats. They don't want to hear about bad news. So in Shakespeare's uh, Anthony and Cleopatra, a messenger brought bad news to Cleopatra that her love, Anthony, had married another. And as the messenger is bracing to receive her wrath, he states to her, Gracious Madam, I that bring the news made not the match. Yeah, don't shoot me, I'm just the messenger. Town criers, they had an awful job representing the king, giving his messages to the people. Sometimes their messages were things like tax increases. And they were always vulnerable to the wrath of the people. So laws were put in place. To harm a crier is an assault on the king himself. Makes you want to cry. Don't shoot me. I'm just the messenger. You ever shot a messenger? Have you ever wanted to shoot a messenger? <laughs> Have you ever thought about shooting somebody for a message that they brought you? Yeah, we don't want to hear it sometimes. We receive bad news and it just puts us in a state and some of us want to react right away. If you read yesterday's Daily Breath, uh, awesome, it was talking about 
a guy who was complaining about back pain, and his friend said, if you lose that gut, you lose your back pain. Oh, he hated that. He wanted to shoot the messenger right there. But instead of getting defensive, he listened to his friend. He said, he said you know, I lost the weight. The back pain went away. Sometimes we need to hear those words. But others want to plug our ears and hope that just maybe when we open our eyes again, that everything will be okay. And Mary could have taken either of these approaches. The text says that she was greatly troubled by the angel's presence. Maybe she was tempted to shoot the messenger here. And I just kept keep going back to it. After all, he did say you're going to be pregnant, and then he's gone just like that. <laughs> Only one big problem, Mary. You just can't go around shooting angels. <laughs> this is Gabriel. He's an archangel, right? No, Mary's response is perfectly cool. She responds with fear. Why are you here? What does this mean? What is it that you want from me? The angel has already given her confident uh, assurance. God is with you. God's favor is, is with you. But let's be really honest this morning, folks. We have doubts. We have our own minds playing tricks on us. We have, we have fear. We have our own guilty consciences. And all of these things make us have to ask, is this good news? Is this bad news? Am I uh, receiving punishment for something I've done? What is going on here? Huh. 1992. Valerie and I felt as if our time in Greeley of ministry there had, had come to an end. Greeley was actually the path that God would eventually use to bring us Test this part, praise God. But in the meantime, he opened some new doors for us in Dallas. The stress of, of such a move in itself is, is, is big enough, but folks, we were eight months pregnant. I mean, we're talking changing doctors, all of that stuff. Yeah, we didn't have insurance, and definitely nothing that would carry with us. How's all of this gonna play out? But we decided we would add to the stress a little bit more by uh, selling our house, Fisbo, you know, for sale by owner. Yeah, market was good, Colorado, 1992. Like, it's good right now. Why not? We can handle this. Yeah. And then a very interested couple comes around that happened to be realtors, both of them, and they told us they would be using a real estate broker to help with the deal. Oh, man, is that red flags or what? Huh? Realtors don't have respect for brokers a lot of times because of certification problems. But here we are, we're facing them, and they got the earnest money, paperwork's moving forward. Is this good news or is this bad news? If you want to know a really big check in my spirit, get this. Let's be honest here. When they walked by our refrigerator and saw a host of missionaries posted there that we're praying for, and they said, Oh, you're Christians. We love working with Christians. <laughs> Sorry, I kind of wanted to puke. Huh? You sound like a red flag to me. Doesn't sound like very good news. Sorry to tell you that, folks. I mean, I hope that your walk was a little better than that. And sure enough, we showed up at closing. They didn't show up at closing. And our little spokesman there said, and by the way, they canceled 
the earnest money chat. They held our house off the market for weeks and it forced us to move to Dallas with an unsold house. Yeah, added stress. Now, God took care of it. We, we, it, it sold really quickly and uh, through some gracious help from some friends, those people's earnest money became real again because they knew better. Had to happen. Mary's situation here reminds me of Reverend and Mrs. Bailey. I talked about them from time to time. Two weeks after they had gotten married, he was on his way to a new war to fight in World War II. Yeah. What they didn't know as he was leaving was that they were expecting, yeah, and nine months later, there's Wilma Bailey all alone with a child as her husband in the front lines of the war in the Philippines. Oh man, don't shoot me. I'm just the messenger. Hear this now. Let's start to bring this home. When you feel powerless, when you feel vulnerable, it creates fear. Mary was powerless. A 12 to 14-year-old girl standing alone in the presence of this angel who tells her that she's going to be pregnant, and then he's out the door. How can this be? I haven't done anything. I'm still a virgin. And the answer, hear this, whatever you're facing has nothing to do with who you are or anything that you've said or done, but it has everything to do with what God is doing. And it's rooted in our need to trust him with everything and to hold on to hope. Because Christmas is about God's favor. Christmas is about God extending favor to anyone who will embrace it. And I see it defined here in three key statements. Notice them. Verse 28, first part of the verse. Verse 30, we highlighted them. You are highly favored. Verse 28, the second part of the verse. God is not only with you, but that's exactly where God wants to be. And then third, verse 37, that no promise or command of God will ever fail to be delivered upon. This is where we find peace. This is where we find rest. And we're kind of like Mary. We see things happening around us. We think, see things happening that are out of our control. So here we have this angel, and he tells Mary she's going to be pregnant. This is God's will. God's in this thing, and then he leaves. Think about us. Jesus gives us many promises. Promises we're taught to hold onto every day. But where's Jesus? I mean, Jesus gave a promise and he's gone. Or, or Jesus tells us that we're going to be his ambassadors, kingdom representatives in a very dark world. And then he leaves. Hold on, Jesus. You can't just walk out the door now. How can this be? Like Mary, we need to understand that it's not about us. It's about him. This is about his will, his purposes. And in the midst of our fears, in the midst of our uncertainties, we need to hear that God says we are highly favored. It's the reason he gave his son. That not only is he with us, but that's exactly where he wants to be. And every promise or command that he's ever given will become a reality. So our proper response, we can learn from Mary. And I just want to highlight that here for a few moments. 
Verse 38, the first part of the verse, see yourself as set apart. Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. I am the Lord's servant. Peace in the midst of life's uncertainties. Peace in the midst of life's challenges. Peace in the midst of life's fears. Peace in the midst of life's callings is found in placing our lives completely in God's hand. That's the place of blessing. It's coming to the end of ourselves. See, she said, I am the Lord's servant, but the truth is the NIV is making an effort here to soften the language of what's really being said. It's really the word doulos, which means slave. I am the Lord's slave. But the really awesome thing about God is that God never calls us to anything that he himself isn't willing to be for us. He doesn't call us to anything that he hasn't already done for us. For he became a doulos. He became a slave, putting himself at our mercy and then going to the cross and dying for our sins, becoming nothing in order to give us everything. That's just the way it works in God's kingdom. Uh, everybody's serving everybody, and when everybody's serving everybody, it's all about lifting each other up, and therefore nobody loses. Nobody's on the losing end. Fear. Fear is the natural response when we're trying to control circumstances, when we're trying to be our own little gods in the midst of life's uncertainties, but victory over fear is found when at last we're able to surrender our lives to him. I understand. That would be yours. Second thing, verse 38, the second part of verse, to come to God's sovereignty. Mary said, may your word to me be fulfilled. Peace in the midst of life's uncertainties. Peace in the midst of life's challenges. Peace in the midst of life's fears and, and unique callings is found in allowing God to have the steering wheel of your life. He will never steer you wrong. In making the statement, here, Mary is literally putting all of her personal dreams, all of her personal ambitions on the altar. And she's saying, you know, I believe God knows best. And, and therefore, if he's asking anything from me, that must mean he has something better for me. And therefore, I will gladly respond. And the Bible tells us that God can and will do, whether we surrender to it or not, exceedingly abundantly above and beyond anything that we would ever ask, hope, dream, or imagine. And he's going to do it with or without us. So Mary surrenders to him. Yeah. So, so think of this. Do you ever wonder why the Bible doesn't talk about Mary's family? I mean, we know that, that Joseph was born in the line of David, but we just don't hear a whole lot about their families. Think of it. They probably didn't believe Mary's story. They probably didn't like the way things are, we're playing out. Wasn't a good situation. What is her story? What is she saying? Really? What are you going to do about this? It's not a good thing. But none of it mattered to Mary because why? Her eyes were on Jesus. And that's why again and again we say, you just keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't worry about anybody else because peace in the midst of life's uncertainty, peace in the <coughs> In the midst of fears and challenges, it's found in allowing God to be God. So then the final one, verse 38, stand alone when necessary. It leads us right there. Because peace in the midst of uncertainties, challenges, fears, and calling is found 
by standing in confidence regardless of what anybody else is going to do. Because here now, you know God will never abandon you. So did you pick up on it? Did you pick up on what captured me as I was studying this text? And I'm particularly intrigued by how this Bible passage ends. Did you, did you notice it here? The angel tells Mary how it's going to play out. Mary, you're going to be, become pregnant. And she accepts it. As soon as she accepts it, he's gone. Right? Don't shoot me. I'm just the messenger. I'm out of here. I delivered my part. Well, hold on, Mr. Angel. You hadn't told anybody about God's plan. Now, we know that Elizabeth was well aware and, 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 and that she'll understand. Soon Mary's going to go and move in with her relative, Elizabeth. It's another indication that her family wasn't receiving all of this very well. But what's going to be the path and the time frame to Mary connecting with Elizabeth for the two of them getting together? At this moment, Mary is all alone with God's promise. That's it. Just her and now a baby, God's promise. And to add to the sense of abandonment, she tells her fiancé what's going on, and immediately, just like any man doesn't respond very well, he's making plans to divorce her quietly. Huh. She's getting the message. Think of it. 12 to 14 years of age, no understanding of you, but God alone. Where, where are you tonight? Why did you leave me here all alone? I searched the world over, thought I found true love. Then I met an angel and you were gone. <laughs> I mean, just put yourself there for a minute. Alone with God, alone with what God has for your life, is your initial response to shoot the, the messenger, how can this be? I haven't done anything. You need to hear God's story and the reality of this creation and you're being here. It's really not about you. It's really about him being glorified. And in the midst of life's fearful challenges, it's really about him. And if it's about him, then we can have confidence he will pre prevail. But in the meantime, what's he calling us to? He's calling us to walk in his favor. He's calling us to believe that not only is he with us, but that's exactly where he wants to be on this journey, and that every promise he has ever made will come to pass. Okay, now, let's be honest. I mean, yes, he will tell us not to be surprised when the people who claim to love us most suddenly abandon us because of where we're standing. Sure, he, he tells us that we need to put all of our dreams and aspirations on the altar, believing that God really does know best. What do you do? Do you, do you shoot the messenger? Do you do, you, do you do you do it? Or do you do what Mary does? I mean, Mary could have said no, and so could you. Or, in all of this, choose the path of peace. Walk with God. Celebrate God's faith. Believe through whatever journey you're on, whatever you're facing, whatever fears you're facing, that God has promised that he will deliver on everything he has ever said and will always exceed anything that you may be called to walk away from or put on. Because it's not about you. So what does Mary teach us here? Call us, what fears are you holding on to? And can you hear what God is saying? Trust me. Hold on to hope. 
I have a plan for your life that will play out perfectly if you believe. You can't get there without a relationship with him. To know him, to know him, it's not about a form of religion, it's not about a process of, of doing something for God or somehow winning his favor. It's about his desire to be in relationship with you. That separation from him through sin and rebellion sin, but you didn't even necessarily commit yourself. It was handed down to you from your ancestors. An errant sin that, that causes suffering in our world, and God says, I have made a way out of it. I have made a way by, by allowing my son to be born a human being in order to become a sacrifice. So that you no longer have to fear being sacrificed, being punished for your sins, but you can rest on what he's done to you. Do you know him? Are you walking in that hope? Are you walking in that confidence of faith? Walking in that confidence of presence? Walking in that confidence of promise? Hear God call. And if today you're realizing, hey, I haven't allowed him to be Lord. I can see he's Lord. But I haven't let him be a Lord of my life. And maybe today is that day. And you say, you know what? It's time to turn around. I want to do life in my way. But I want to learn to do life as well. I surrender to you. My life is in you. This could be that moment. This could be that moment. Yeah. yeah. So let's pray these words together. We're going to sing another worship song. We can open this up this morning. If you need prayer or anything, you just come and you just pray. Let the Lord lose you. Just pray these words. Father God, why did you bring me here this morning? What is it that you're wanting me to hear from what's been spoken today? I want to hear from you, Lord. And then as God speaks those words, you consider your response to him be yes will your response to him be no will your response to him be maybe later the right response is not this needs to be so right now so my answer to you is yes accept the Lord's Oh, i
favor. Yeah, you kind of do, but you're losing sight of it. So today, we want to reinforce favor in your life. God's presence, God's promises, God's love, God's blessing. Receive Him. Receive His blessing. And go in that peace. But we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give praise, Lord. Thank you.